0: This is the Agenda podcast on the Blood Red channel, taking a bite-sized look at some of the big Liverpool FC talking points. Hello, everybody, and welcome along to the Agenda podcast on the Blood Red channel with myself, Patrick Smith, for Roberto Firmino special edition of the show. I'm delighted to be joined by the Liverpool Echo's Matt Addison. Matt, how are you doing?
1: Yeah, all good, cool, mate. It's um, the first week of, of pre-season, isn't it, for Liverpool, so... Roberto Firmino, among those that's come back, and it's um, I don't know, it, mixed feelings. I think it's it's slightly too early for me. I'd like a, a little bit longer of a break, but at the same time, it's it's exciting, isn't it? You always kind of see one or two new partnerships and one or two things within pre-season of what Jurgen Klopp's thinking for the following year, and I'm sure you know Firmino will be be a big part of it. I think next season as we'll come to, but uh, yeah, exciting, but also could do with an extra few weeks of holiday, I think. <laughs>
0: Yeah, this little holiday break for us has gone very quickly, but also has gone very quickly is the past seven years, of Roberto Firmino at Liverpool. Because on this day in 2015, we signed the Anfield icon. It's been a bit of a roller coaster during that time. Firmino has been the single constant, obviously signed by Brendan Rogers for the, but for the majority, been played under Klopp. So Matt, just how crucial has Firmino been to this whole process under young Klopp from start to finish, from doubter to believer as Klopp initially told us? Yeah, it's.
1: Um... It's really interesting, I think, the kind of different sort of two eras almost. Obviously, under Brendan Rodgers, he came in as a number 10. He played wing-back, I think, off the, the top of my head for, for him and played a couple of different mad positions. But just as when you were thinking, you know, £29 million looked a, a lot, there was, I think, um, in, in one of the, the national newspapers, a line of kind of how on earth has Michael Edwards come to the conclusion that £29 million for Roberto Firmino was uh, a safe bet. But Listen, it, it turned around, didn't it? Michael Edwards obviously now completely different um, kind of reputation, I suppose. And Roberto Firmino as well, he's, he's found his position by law court or by judgment. Roberto Firmino ended up as that sort of false nine for Liverpool and I think is going to be remembered as one of the defining players really under, under Klopp. And, and at Liverpool in this period, like I say, it's, it's kind of one of those where Obviously, Klopp came in and everyone kind of thought that 4-2-3-1 would be the system. And even then, I think he he probably would have have thrived, really. I think if Divock Origi had been a little bit fitter at at that time and had avoided injuries, maybe we would have seen a a little bit more of that. And Firmino and and Origi as a a number nine and and a ten, and that could have have worked. But obviously, the way it happened with him and Coutinho to begin with, and obviously the, the partnership with Sadio Mane, Mohamed Salah then gets added into it. And you've got that kind of front three, I think. Just the, the uniqueness of him, really, is is something that we will undoubtedly remember of, of the Jürgen Klopp era. And Listen, I think that the time has, has kind of passed for him now to be the number one in that position. I think the fact that Liverpool has spent so much on Darwin Nunez, they've obviously completely transformed in, in the way that they play. The injuries that he got last season means that you can't necessarily build around him as, as they once did. You know, you, you can't take anything away from him. He's, he's absolutely been one of, of the linchpins of this Liverpool team under Klopp. And, yeah, seven years, It's it, it's gone really, really fast.
0: Really, that's fun. You mentioned there some of the Brendan Rogers and early Klopp era. Maybe there's a parallel universe for Ricky Lambert or Balotelli the first night that we've had for the past few years. Matt, he's had so many highlights for me now, hasn't he? You know, you think of those early days in the Europa League, that little spin turn on Soldado against Villarreal, obviously winning the Champions League, Club Cup, League title... What do you think has been Roberto Firmino's defining Liverpool moment or moments because he's had so many, hasn't he? Yeah,
1: it's it's hard to, to kind of pick out one or two, isn't it? I suppose the that spin um, against Villarreal was kind of a moment but obviously that's you know a very specific element of, of his game that, that kind of, mind. yeah i mean you, you can't really you can't really pick out that as as the defining moment of him but i suppose there's there's a few games that kind of stand out to you i think one of them was the the 4-1 at the etihad against manchester city that was one where him and, and coutinho linked up brilliantly and that was that was probably the first game that you'd looked at with liverpool under Klopp of those big games, those big moments of really kind of just blowing a team away. That Obviously, Manchester City are back then not the same as what they are now, but certainly Liverpool were were far from from what Liverpool are now as well. So that was, I think, one of those moments that really stands out in terms of, of him taking the lead, really. That was one of the first games in that number nine position for him and just the way that Liverpool completely outdid City's back line. Again, very different Manchester City back line to what they've got now, but... They, they just couldn't cope with the, the pressing the intensity and obviously when you win the ball back that high up the pitch you've got loads of space to run into you've got all of the opportunities and i think that's what Roberto Firmino was at his best, really. It's, you know, easy to kind of point to the pressing and the off-the-ball stuff. But I think, you know, in possession as well, he just knew exactly where to put that ball and still does now, to be fair to him. And we're talking about him as if as yeah. if he's left Liverpool and, and all of the rest of it. But I think, you know, when he was at his best, that was that was the real thing that he could find those three walls. He could find those positions. He could score a lot of goals as well. I think obviously his best season at Liverpool 17, 18 few years ago now but 27 goals 17 assists for someone who was kind of the third really in line in terms of who was going to be scoring the most goals that season Mohamed Salah obviously comes in and does incredibly well Sadio Mane as well at his peak at that point but you know 27 goals 17 assists from someone who is your third source of goals is is a really impressive total and listen he's not got back to that level since I don't think he will get anywhere close to that again but I think you could see in that season that the real best of him he's a really good finisher and a really good goal scorer but really unselfish and and does all of the other stuff as well so yeah exactly what liverpool need from a number nine and i think the interesting thing looking forwards will be you know how much of that does darwin nunez take on that was one of the players that he referenced when he first signed for liverpool this summer he said you know i'm coming in to learn from mohammed salah and You know, obviously that the goal scoring will be something that he will want to to take on. But he also specifically referenced wanting to work with Firmino, wanting to learn from him. And I wonder whether Liverpool can kind of convert him a little bit into that kind of false nine type thing. Again, you know, there's a chance that they just kind of evolve and and move beyond that. But I do think there's certainly elements of that that he'll have to take on. There's, There's certain things that Roberto Firmino is brilliant at that, if you're going to play for this Liverpool team week in week out, you just simply have to be able to press. You have to be able to do some of the things that Roberto Firmino did, and I think he was was a huge part, really, of Klopp being able to implement that because, you know, naturally that is that is his game. He's perfectly suited to, to playing. So, it'd be interesting to see to see where Liverpool go next. But yeah, an incredible player. There's no doubt.
0: I mean, it's strange because we sort of naturally gravitate to a turn of conversation where it's almost as if Firmino Firmino's not a Liverpool player anymore. You know, because he has struggled of late I think last season that's probably his most difficult yet in a Liverpool shirt, you know fewer games way fewer goal contributions still a decent goal contribution off the bench but he's slowly starting to get phased out unfortunately isn't he Matt
1: yeah I mean last season I think it was it was injuries as much as anything else I think the um there was three or four separate muscle injuries which you know it, it, I think next season will be really interesting obviously you think about the the contract situation he's going to have to earn that right to get an extension I think at Liverpool and I think a a huge huge chunk of that will be can he stay fit the issue last season wasn't necessarily that he wasn't going to get games and he wasn't going to get minutes I think you know there were certain times where Liverpool ended up playing with Minamino or they'd be throwing on Origi late on in games and those two those two options are certainly not bad options and, and they worked for Liverpool a lot last season 10 goals for Minamino Origi with a couple of decisive moments but I think that would have been Roberto Firmino had he been fit in those moments. It's just a case of similar to one or two other players, really, that when he had those opportunities or when the kind of pieces fell in the right way for him, it just wasn't, you know, the the right time for him in terms of his fitness. So I think that's the, the big thing, really. I think if he stays fit, there's still a big role for him to play. I don't think it's going to be starting week in, week out, but you look at the next season in the Premier League, you've got five substitutes if Liverpool are a couple of goals up, you can certainly see a, an opportunity, really, where Firmino might come on for 20 minutes, give Mohamed Salah a rest, maybe rotate Darwin Nunez, whatever it might be. I think there's there's enough there to think that there's going to be a real role for him. And I think that there was probably a time under Jurgen Klopp where people questioned how effective he was as a substitute. I know there was a good few games where he came off the bench and, and didn't really do much when he was at his peak, but... There is now, I think, a, a bit more of a sense that he's a little bit more attuned to coming off the bench. I think he's a bit more intelligent as, as a footballer. Not that he was ever not that, but he's certainly kind of grown with that experience. I think he's a much better substitute now than what he used to be. So I think that's kind of his role moving forwards. I don't think anyone would really argue with the fact that going into next season as it stands, he's kind of fifth out of five for for the forward options. But, you know, you, you look at whatever that first three is, Probably Luis Diaz, Mohamed Salah, and then one of Darwin Nunez and Diogo Jota through the middle. He can play in that team as a substitute regularly, get far more appearances than what he got last season. Probably won't be too much different in terms of starts, but I really do think if he can stay fit, there's a real opportunity for him. And you know, he's gonna have competition, he's gonna have Fabio Cavallo and various others trying to get into that position as as that fifth choice attacker. But as long as he stays fit, you'd like to think that Roberto Firmino can play a role, and whether that's against lesser teams, whether that's you know coming off the bench in, in bigger games, even just to, to rotate things. I think there's there's still an opportunity. There's still a good player there. It's just really a question of can he avoid those injuries that he got last season.
0: The agenda on the Blood Red Channel. that's the thing as well, he's such a good option to have anyway, but he's also a player who's played in the system for six years or five or six years, completely understands, you know, he's the one you would want as a backup, but is a backup good enough for Firmino, which is the problem? But another problem, Matt, is the contract situation. You briefly touched on it there. Obviously, all the talks about Sadio Mane, Mohamed Salah's contracts running out next year. Firmino's runs out next year as well. And obviously, Mane's been sold, Salah's contract's been resolved. is still an unresolved situation. Now, what do you think the club will do? What do you think is best for Firmino? And what would you do personally?
1: I think, to be honest, Roberto Firmino would probably accept the kind of one or two-year short-term extension and, and kind of go from there. I think there was some quotes from him earlier in the summer suggesting that he didn't really want to go anywhere. His family has settled here. He's been here for a long time. And I think the difficulty with someone like him is that, obviously, you look at Sadio Mane going to Bayern Munich. You look at you know, Barcelona and various others having, until recently, been linked with Mohamed Salah. You could kind of see... Situation where they go somewhere else and they're really effective. I think the difficulty with Firmino is that everyone kind of thinks of him and I'm not sure exactly that this is 100% fair but I think they kind of think of him as being perfectly suited to Liverpool's system but maybe if you plug him into a different team and and a different formation maybe or whatever, it it might not quite work in in exactly the same way. I mean, there was links with Juventus sort of the back end of, of last week and... I don't know whether the, there is anything in that. I'm sure you know he's a player that they probably look at and and think that could do a job for them. But you know they've just signed Dusan Vlahovic in in January, who's more of a Darwin Nunez, Erling Haaland type fixed number nine. They've obviously let Paolo Dybala go, who would probably be a similar ish player to, to Roberto Firmino. So even then, it, it kind of makes sense to an extent, but you're not quite sure where he fits into that team. And I, I just you know for for him, is he going to get? regular football at the level that he wants to be at I, I don't think he is at this stage not just for the injuries but just the age of his career that he's at the kind of player that he is there are going to be clubs that, that come in for him if he does go on a free next season you'd imagine barcelona they seem to snap up every player that is on a free they, they try and, and go and, and get them I, I do think there will be places for him to go but i don't think anywhere is going to be a nailed on certainty certainly not at the level that, that liverpool are at and, there's not many teams that are going to be competing for that kind of points total, that kind of, you know, Champions League finals and and all of those sorts of things. I think if I was him, I'd rather be, you know, a kind of 30 to 40 game a season player for Liverpool, maybe coming off the bench in in half of those. I'd rather do that than go and be a regular for, you know, PSG or, I mean, he, he wouldn't be a regular at PSG even, would he? But, you know, wherever where, wherever it might be that he could end up, Barcelona perhaps, I think I think for me I'd rather be rather be at Liverpool, but then I suppose I'm biased.
0: Well this is the problem out for me because you know, there's lots of room and in interest. There's the heavily rumoured bids from Juventus. There's also rumours of Borussia at Dortmund. Perhaps a swap deal for Bellingham would be nice, but <laughs> that's not gonna happen. But is there any case for selling Firmino this summer to take the cash now rather than risk losing him on a free next summer?
1: I don't think there is, to be honest. It's just purely because of of the numbers involved. I mean, we saw with Sadio Mane, it wasn't a huge amount of of money for him. Liverpool kind of made the the money back there or thereabouts on what they paid for him, which I think was was probably about right. But you'd probably be looking, maybe 20 million that that someone would be prepared to to pay, say. And, you know, that's just me plucking a, a figure out of the air. But I don't think it'd be a significant amount is kind of the point that I'm trying to make, really. I don't think it would be enough really to, to tempt Liverpool I think if if someone came in with an absolutely mega offer then of course you'd, you'd change your stance on that but I just think for, for Liverpool they can't afford really to, to let another forward go they've already let three and Minamino, Origi and Mane go this summer I think if, if you were to let Roberto Firmino go you're going to have to to find a replacement and just realistically are you going to be able to, to get someone who can do that kind of fifth choice attacker role next season for the kind of money that you'd get for for, for, for for Firmino I don't think that that, that's necessarily going to be the case so for me I think it's it's a little bit similar with Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain almost of okay if if a massive offer came in you might have to reconsider that stance but other than that I just think it makes probably more financial sense just to keep him and if he goes on a free next summer so be it but listen if he starts next season and and plays regularly and stays injury-free until the World Cup you can then maybe reassess it November-December just before he can start talking to to clubs abroad, get you know a one or two year extension. It, it wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me if it got to the World Cup and he played a few games and, and they decided that that was the best way to do
0: it. I mean, the main thing on those points as well is you know if you sell Firmino for twenty million, you're not going to get a replacement worth the same amount anywhere near as usable as Firmino be in that system. Same with oxlade Chamberlain, to be fair, because he'd probably be a ten or fifteen million pound sale, and then are you going to sign someone as effective for that money? Probably not. But the problem with Firmino, Matt, is you mentioned before he's probably the fifth in line now to the attacking front three. He is really struggling. He's looking at moves away, potentially. Now, is there a case for maybe a change in position for Firmino? We've, we know he's got these pressing defensive capabilities. He's good on the ball. Could he drop back into midfield? Or could we even see, you know, there's lots of talk about clock switching it up back to his orthodox four-two-three-one with the lack of numbers. Now, what do you think would be the best tactical switch for Firmino?
1: Yeah, I mean, the the four two three one thing is kind of the most obvious thing, isn't it? I'm not quite as convinced as a lot of people are that we're going to see a lot of that next season. I think it will be probably fairly similar to what it was last season in that you go with the four three three, 3 3 and then if Liverpool are a goal behind or they need to change a game up or, or switch things around, you can then maybe go with the extra attacker. And I suppose he would be the, the logical one, wouldn't he, if you were bringing a, a player off the bench to, to kind of bolster that you could you know potentially plug him in as a 10 and and go from there with it but I think that's that's probably the most logical way the 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 more interesting way I think would be to experiment a little bit more with what they did a a few times last season with playing playing him as, as a kind of midfielder which is I suppose getting your four forwards onto the pitch but still having that same system the same shape not really taking as many risks I think that was one or two times in the Premier League. I think Tottenham and Leicester, they tried him as a, as a kind of number eight in that left-hand channel of trying to, to link that midfield between Fabinho and, and Luis Diaz on that side of the pitch. I think that's something that probably you're not going to see too often. You're certainly not going to see it against, say, a Chelsea or a Manchester City or any of the, the big games. But against a lesser Premier League team, is there a situation where you could have a midfield three, say, of Fabinho at the base with Henderson on the right and, and Firmino to the left? I don't think it's it's that wild a shout, to be honest. I think the fact that, that Liverpool tried it a couple of times last season, I think it was only sort of 15, 20 minutes against Cardiff. I think it was in, in the FA Cup. They tried it in that, seemed to, to work quite well. Obviously, Cardiff with limited attacking threat at Anfield. I think the game was was already pretty much done at that point. But it did look exciting. And obviously, it, it's kind of a more natural fit, I suppose, in terms of, of the formation Liverpool don't tend to play with a number 10. They tend to convert those players into into midfielders. So, yeah, it's something he's done in the past. It's something that he's done for Liverpool in, in the relatively recent past. It's a very small sample size on which to judge him. But I wouldn't be surprised if we saw that a little bit now and again, only when Liverpool are comfortable and cruising in games. But hopefully that can be the case a few times next season. I think they're going to need to get a couple of goals up early doors in quite a few of those Premier League games, certainly at the start of the season. You can get yourself two 0 up. Do this with, you know, the, the midfield. Rest a few players in that position and kind of rest within games. You know, with two games a week for pretty much the entire season. Again, it's it's going to be important.
0: Well, exactly that. And with so many games, I think a change of shape is going to be required. You mentioned the the first few games in the league. Are, you know, I think we've got Bournemouth, Newcastle, Palace games like that are ones that you probably could risk trying a 4-2-3-1 or four four two out. But Matt, if you had to summarise Firmino's time at Liverpool, then we'll conclude the pod. Just sum up Roberto for me at Liverpool in the past seven years. It's been amazing, isn't it?
1: Yeah, just the, the link really between all of, of the rest of, of the team. I think he's kind of the, the focal point. And as much as he, he ties it all together, it's been said, you know, a number of times that he is the system under Jurgen Klopp, which I think is is a nice way of putting it, obviously, on and off the ball. He's he's got that sort of ability and, and capability to, to do that. So yeah, it's it's no bad thing that Liverpool are moving away from just having one player, which is the entire system, but like you say, it was um, it was pretty good to to watch it over the last seven years, and I'm sure there's you know at least one more season for him to to come and and possibly a few more after that because you know, if he does if he does earn a new contract, I don't think anyone will, will be complaining about having to to watch him a little bit more frequently.
0: Yeah, well, don't worry, Matt. I'm not going to pick on the spot and ask for a rendition of the chant. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a wonderful seven years, Cop cult hero for me at you know, Anfield. Hopefully he can stay for another few years because he's just a player who puts a smile on your face, isn't he? But a big thank you to Matt Addison and, of course, all of you for watching and listening along at home. Be sure to check out all of our pre-season and transfer news updates right here on the Blood Red channel, as well as the Liverpool Echo and Liverpool.com websites and socials. But for myself, Patrick Smith and Matt Addison, thank you for your company and it's goodbye for now. You've been listening to The Agenda Podcast on the Blood Red channel.